and welcome to Make Good, the podcast about yarn and knitting from Scratch Supply Co. We're recording today from downtown Lebanon, New Hampshire, and we're really excited to be here. I'm Karen. And I'm Jessica. And first of all, we just want to say thank you for bearing with us while we did not have an episode last week. We have a super short window of time that is available to us each week when we can record our podcast. And last week, it was super unavailable to us. (laughs) If you follow us on Instagram, you probably saw the exciting photo that we posted of work trucks out on Court Street outside of our building. They have started getting ready for spring in downtown, and that means that they've closed off our street and installed giant concrete planters to close it off so that the restaurant that shares the building with us, Three Tomatoes, can put up their big event tent and we can have outdoor seating this summer and spring and fall. It's here for months. We love it. Yeah, so we showed up one morning and they had their loud get stuff done music like permeating the building and we were like, cool, can't record today, we'll record tomorrow. And then the next day it was dropping off the planters and then we were out of time. So Mm -hmm. thanks for bearing with us and we're back. And it's episode 20, (laughs) (laughs) which is exciting. It feels like a milestone. Yeah, it doesn't feel like we've been doing it that long, but also it kind of feels like we've always done this. Yeah, I mean, time. Yeah, we're in that space. (laughs) So what are we talking about today, Karen? So we are going to be talking about what's going on right now with Chowgu, the needles. Specifically, if you've seen online, there have been some reports and they've been substantiated by Chowgu that there are like counterfeit needles being sold specifically on Amazon. And so we just wanted to talk about that a little bit because we happen to sell Chowgu needles and we have a lot of feelings about how great they are. Yeah, they're super great. And it's a problem. Oh, yeah. And it's something that it sounds funny, like counterfeit products in knit world. Like, okay, but it's real. And, yeah. and people are upset, rightly so. People are super upset. So I guess what is happening is that they're our needles, specifically the miniature, the minis, the shorties in the red and blue interchangeable kits that are for sale on Amazon for a substantially discounted price from what they actually sell for. And people have been scooping them up and then feeling pretty burned when they receive their shorty sets and they are not Chowgu quality at all. Right. And Specifically, so just to jump right into the issue with the price thing, it is not legal for a distributor to set a price for their product. That's why you see things like MSRP, that's suggested retail price. And so usually, like most big manufacturers of things like needles, of hard goods, are going to be offering to their distributors a suggested retail price for their product. And so usually, like, there can be a variation of a couple of dollars, you know, maybe somewhere has more or less overhead, somewhere may or may not have sales tax, so they round. If you're looking at it and you're like, wow, this is a big price difference, and it doesn't appear to be like a temporary promotion, there's probably something goofy going on. Yeah, things kind of cost what they cost. And when they don't, you should maybe pause and think to yourself, is this too good to be true? (laughs) Because chances are the answer is yes. I've seen specifically because this is popping up on Amazon, conversations online from people who are saying to avoid counterfeit products in general, they go through the fulfilled by Amazon route. 
And that isn't really an effective way to ensure that what you're getting is actually what you think you're getting because the way Fulfilled by Amazon works, it doesn't mean that Amazon has purchased these things and Amazon is selling them to you. Third-party sellers can just have things stored at the Amazon warehouse, picked by the Amazon pickers. I think Amazon takes a cut from it or something, but it saves them the work of having to actually do the shipping. But Amazon isn't inspecting or guaranteeing the quality of everything that's in those pallets. Like, that's just not what they're doing. Yeah, so these needles, just to talk a little bit more about mm -hmm. them, they, they look like chow goos. Like, the product listings online look like chow goos. And we'll have a link to this in the show notes. But on the Chowgu website, they have taken side-by-side -side photographs of actual Chowgu needles versus these counterfeit ones and kind of like showing you with little arrows point by point where the quality differences are. So you're going to find things like kind of raised rough edges where there are holes in the needle to tighten them versus how they're kind of recessed on actual Chowgus so it's very smooth. There's different finish on the needle tips, the lettering that's on the needle tips that tells you what size needle it is is actually raised on the counterfeits. So there are lots of snaggy, irritating issues that are going to arise with using these counterfeit needles. Yeah, the other issue is the join, where the needle joins the cord. So basically everything that makes Chowgu needles nice to use is being slightly worsened by the counterfeit. It's that thing with the frozen yogurt from The Good Place. It's very human to take something wonderful, ruin it a little bit, and then you can have a lot of it, right? This is what the counterfeiting of these tools is doing, is it's taking something wonderful to use, ruining it a little bit, and now it is attractively cheaper, but it's still kind of ruined, and it's not the experience you want from these tools that make them worth buying in the first place. Right. Like in the grand scheme of things, so chowgus are not inexpensive needles, but they're not expensive like buying a car or right. a house. So like not everybody can just hop online to their local yarn shop's website and say, yes, I am spending $120 on a set of interchangeable needles today. But like maybe with a couple extra weeks or months or something of kind of like rabbiting away things into your knitting budget, because we all know that there is definitely some level of cost associated with this handcraft, right? Maybe waiting the extra little bit of time it would take to be able to afford the $120 actual Chowgu needles versus the $89 counterfeit ones that are constantly going to be causing you a headache is kind of worth that window of not having them to make it worth having the thing that you actually want, right? Yeah. And usually, so this particular issue is with Amazon. It's not happening with local yarn shops because of the way local yarn shops are getting these products. There's no third party who is supplying these to the yarn shops. There is a registered distributor. There's sort of a couple in the US, you know, that are getting them directly from Chowgu. And then your shop is going to be getting your tools from one of those places. So it's really easy to avoid counterfeits, basically. Right. And it's a good opportunity to think about like, hey, when I'm sourcing my materials, there are some things that like, fine, you're getting wherever you're getting them. But there are other things that like, you maybe specifically want to make an effort to support a locally owned yarn shop because it will guarantee you the quality that you're expecting. 
Right. Your specialty retailer is not going to get fooled by counterfeit because they already have existing relationships with these businesses. And it's not like, you know, the distributor is getting fooled because they are getting it right from Chowgu. Like there is a whole chain that's just being circumvented by this sort of third party seller platform situation. Mm -hmm. Should we talk a little bit about like quality of materials in general? Oh, absolutely. So I, I think I was saying before, you know, you kind of you get what you pay for a little bit. We've recently seen some discussion from people about crochet hooks and needles being available, not chow goos, um, crochet <laughs> hooks and needles being available in dollar stores. And like some, some people are kind of upset about that. And to this I say, why for? <laughs> like, I think that, you know, so your, your dollar store crochet hooks and needles are not going to be the same quality of tool right as a set of chow goos much like if you pick up some kitchen knives at the dollar store they're not going to be the same quality of tool as like a ceramic blade from japan or a wusthof or something (laughs) and like that's okay you know that you spent a dollar on it and maybe that's a good way for you to do a little experimenting to figure out you know what I do like crochet. Maybe I want to get myself some quality, long-lasting crochet hooks. Or maybe you crank out a couple of granny squares and go, oh, I don't know. I don't know about this. But you spent a dollar, and it was a good way to experiment and have access to the craft and figure out if it's something that you want to explore more. Right. Totally. There's a lot of value in accessibility of experimentation And then figuring out what you like and then investing in the experience of continuing to do that thing. You don't have to jump into like the highest quality gear for every hobby you have if you don't think the hobby is going to stick. Right. And that's kind of true of everything in life. So for the people who are feeling kind of crabby about knowing that there are crochet hooks and knitting needles at dollar stores, I would say maybe get over yourself a little bit. Like it's... (laughs) We want more people doing the craft, Absolutely. We super do. And like when we do dyeing in the store, a lot of the tubs and stuff that we use come from the dollar store because those are going to get beat. Like those get destroyed. They get get dyed, right? And so they last as long as they last and eventually they crack and it's not prohibitive for us to replace them. That's Mm -hmm. what those things are for. Absolutely. Can we talk a little bit about how manufacturing of these sorts of tools is set up. And then I want to talk about white labeling too, because this is a big deal. There's also counterfeit stuff on Amazon in like hair care and skincare. And it gives me anxiety because I, as a consumer, can't evaluate that in the same way that I can crafting tools. So I want to talk about all that. Can we talk about that? Even though this is a knitting podcast? Yes, we definitely (laughs) can. So what white labeling is, is when and I'm thinking specifically of like skincare or hair care is manufactured at scale, but it's sort of manufactured in then put in like blank packaging. And then companies can buy that already made stuff in the blank packaging and slap their own label on it. So you'll see that sometimes with like hotel branded shampoo that's in the shower and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Or like if you've ever been into a Sally Beauty store, And there will be like white bottles of shampoo and it will say things like, just like Paul Mitchell, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's off brand, basically. So it's not as expensive, but it may be the same formula. Or the 
like Whole Foods brand food. Right. And usually when that happens, what is happening is, you know, Whole Foods, there's nobody in the back kitchen who's like mixing up, I don't know, granola or whatever, right? Like that's, that's not <laughs> happening in the store. That's happening at some like manufacturing plant somewhere. And maybe Whole Foods doesn't keep that manufacturing plant 100% at capacity, right? If that plant can run for, let's say, I'm just making up numbers, 50 hours a week, and Whole Foods only needs 40 hours a week worth of stuff, they might just continue to run for those next 10 hours. And they're not putting Whole Foods sticker on it. They're putting off-brand, I can't... Good Boy Charlie's granola. Right. Like something <laughs> random. I don't know. Yeah. And a lot of times those things you can tell because of the packaging. They're not going to go buy new. Like the label will be different, but the shape of the container will be the same. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not going to go buy new vacuum seal bags or something. And then like in knitting world, that happened with different needles. Yes. So the wood needles from Knitter's Pride are produced in a facility in India and Lika needles, which are the driftwood needles that are highly coveted for their aesthetic Instagrammable dreaminess, are produced in the same exact place. And if you have Knitter's Pride needles and you have Lika needles, you may have noticed that all of your parts are completely interchangeable. It's because they're the same needles branded differently. That's also true of nitpicks. And this has actually changed. So historically, that was true. And the Knitter's Pride broke off into their own, like they now have their own facility. But the Lika nitpicks, wherever that was like originally done, I think, is just still doing it the same way. So everything is still interchangeable. They're just not actually happening in the same building anymore. Which is the kind of thing that as a consumer, you may or may not ever notice. But the person who is spending all day looking at different needle components at your local yarn shop is probably going to, to pick up on, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with white labeling. No. Like you're still getting quality products and it can be a really great thing. Oh, yeah. So white labeling, definitely fine. Counterfeiting, definitely bad. I get really grouchy, I have to say, about white labeling when it happens and it's being pretended that that's not what's happening. They're like, this is artisanal small batch. No, it isn't, right? That that gets to me just as a person. But like, you know. You bought a gallon jug of that lotion base and threw some essential oils in it. Right, right. And then put it in little bottles. You made more trash for the planet and it's artisanal now. Yeah, that drives me nuts. Mm -hmm. That's not happening with Lika needles. No, they're lovely. Yes, they really are. They're great. Mm -hmm. They come in cute colors. Yeah. I like them. The thing that is like bringing me back personally, I love my chow needles. I love them. But there are new cables from Knitter's Pride that swivel and have the metal core. Mm -hmm. They're from the Mindful Collection. I think a lot of folks are not experimenting with them because they're a different color. So like if you've used Knitter's Pride and you use the different color needles where like one length is yellow and one length is orange and whatever... And then here's the set where every color is sort of teal and you think, oh, that's not what I need. I need this other thing. You can totally use the teal ones and they have the swivel and they have the metal cord. So they're like more memory free and they're neat. I really like them. They also have little one inch spaced marks on the cable. So it's easy to use it as a quick measuring tool or identify which cable you have when you're randomly pulling them out of your cable bag. Can I just tell everybody about something neat I saw somebody do at our craft night the other night? 
So I'm going to go ahead and assume everybody is too lazy to get up and get their measuring tape like I am 100% (laughs) of the time. So, you you know, you measure by going, well, a piece of paper is 11 inches or eight and a half inches. My iPhone is whatever size, right? I saw somebody who she makes like an L with her fingers, with her thumb and her first finger, and just knows how long that is. And that was so smart. Huh. On her, that I think she said it happened to be six inches. So she has a six inch. So everybody go do that and measure it. And then you have a built-in measuring thing that isn't tattooed on your skin, which is also an option. Interesting. I'm getting there. I'm getting to the tattooed ruler, I think. I'm so... Where is my measuring tape? I can never find it. When you offer her one, she doesn't even want it. She's like, no, no, I have one somewhere. (laughs) It's somewhere. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's true. Yeah. So don't be scared of counterfeit things. Like, and I think that's the other thing that we wanted to talk about this. A lot of the conversations we were seeing about this online Mm -hmm. had a lot of like fear components to them. People who were like, oh, I just ordered a set of needles. I'm really worried that they're going to be counterfeit. Oh, yeah. A lot of panic. They're not everywhere. Right. It's not an everywhere issue. It's a specifically on Amazon issue. So if you have a local shop that you like to work with, if you have a locally owned but not local to you place that you shop online, like if that shop carries chow goos, they're chow goos. If weirdly inexpensive sets show up on Amazon, don't get those. Right. Because you're going to be disappointed. All right. So speaking of sweaters, oh, let's talk about what the red and blue sets are for. They're little shorty tips. What do you use the tiny little shorty tips for? Oh my God. Every little tiny thing you want to knit. Like, <laughs> I, so the, the red and blue sets are, are shorter tips. I think the longest tips, are they three inches? We'll, we'll put up links mm-hmm. to, so you can go check them out to see what's actually in them on the show notes to our website because we have them both. But the the red sets, I think they're the one, two, and three inch tips in like the small, small, small sizes, but I'm not sure the complete range. And then the blue ones are a little bit bigger and they don't go down to one inch tips, which are like super teeny tiny. Yes. But the blue sets are better for things like sleeves. They're lovely for sweater sleeves. Mm-hmm. They're the most amazing. Yeah. Maybe you do little leg warmers or chicken hats or (laughs) there's yeah socks some people like to use the mini sets for socks when people are not fans of double points for needles maybe five (laughs) um or or magic loop like small circumference knitting is what these are really intended for and they're great and they're very specific they're not like the regular big interchangeable sets. These are like specific use. Yeah. And they're the really thin, really flexible cords. And they're just like, they're just wonderful. I'm kind of offended on Chowgu's behalf, frankly. Like they go to all this effort and they they are serious about creating like a quality product. And then it goes and gets knocked off. And that's just kind of obnoxious. It's rude. It's, it's extremely rude. So rude. <laughs> if you're going to do copying is the highest form of flattery, don't do it with burrs and junk all over it. Like, do copy the good part that makes it nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, don't copy. Just, right. <laughs> just make something new. Do better. Yeah. So I think that's that. Try to avoid counterfeits. It's easy to do. It is. It yeah. is actually. Mm-hmm. Don't freak out. They're not everywhere. Hey, are we going to do a spring knit along? We sure are. What are we going to knit? Okay. We're ready. So Karen <laughs> talked me out of forcing 
my knit short dreams on all of you for the spring, but we might do it later. Watch out. (laughs) We are going to do a spring knit along and we are knitting sorrel sweaters. So the sorrel sweater sweaters are designs from wool and pine designs. And if you are not familiar, wool and pine is a design duo. It's if you're on Instagram, it's Abby Knits and Dank Fiber. And they have teamed up and designed things together. And they're awesome. And we love them. Maybe if you are a longtime scratch person, you participated in our singing sand shawl knit along over a year ago, year and a half ago, and that was an Abby Knits design. But the two of them designed these great sweaters together, and they're super cute. There are three different versions for you to choose from. We don't care which sorrel sweater you know. There's the spring sorrel, which is a DK weight sweater. The summer sorrel, which was released last year, and that is a fingering weight sweater. And those are both short sleeve. Yeah. Like warm weather goodness. They're super cute. And then the original sorrel, which I think works out to DK weight, but it was designed to be like fingering and like a lace weight mohair. So there's halo happening uh, held together. So pick your sorrel, people, because they're good. (laughs) They're super cute. And so what we're going to do, I think this episode is going to go out onto the internet on April 6th, if I'm doing my math correctly. Yeah. Which means that the next Sunday after this airs Mm -hmm. uh, is the 11th. And we're going to do a live to kick things off on our Instagram, on the at makegoodpod Instagram. And then we'll run the knit along through the end of May. So it's about six weeks long, maybe a little longer. Mm -hmm. And we'll do the same thing we did with the the Penguono knit along. So we'll give away a gift card prize at the end. So you want to be posting. The hashtag is going to be um, makegoodsorrel. And you know what? We are going to monitor both realistic spellings of the word sorrel because my brain won't remember two R's, one L for more than a few minutes at a time. So we'll we'll keep an eye, but like it's two R's, one L. We don't currently have a plan to do any equivalent of March of the Penguinos because I can't figure out how to pun that quite as well, but we'll see what we can do. Yeah, we'll come up with something because that was so much fun to <laughs> hang really out in the was. shop windows. And see people roll past or check you out online. So, yeah, it's going to be good. Do you know which one you want to make? I don't. I am actually, I'm kind of tempted to do the original one. Ah. Mostly just because I, I don't know. But I I really need more short sleeve sweaters. Same. Which one are you going to do? I think I'm going to do the summer sorrel. Oh, nice. I think. I have some like speckly indie dyed yarn that I've had my eye on that I've been thinking maybe I'll make a top out of that at some point. And this seems like as good a reason as any. Yeah. So we'll see. If you, oh, this is a little bit of, a, of an aside, but not really. Um, if you have come to us through our sponsorship of Indie Untangled last fall mm-hmm. and we sent out there were like Indie Untangled branded stitch markers that went out on cards with this beautiful watercolor drawing of a sweater on it. And we had a few people email us after they got their package and ask, what is this sweater? The sorrel. The sorrel was that sweater. That's what that beautiful watercolor drawing was. So yeah, we're excited. It's going to be fun. And we can't wait to see which version you make. Yes. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) let's talk more about knitting sweaters or other things. Sure. Karen. 
What's on your needles? My burn hurt. Yeah. I, oh my gosh. Okay. So at this point, I have knit, it's knit in panels. I haven't done a seam sweater in a really long time. I have finished the back. I am almost up to the texture on the front. Not quite. Uh, I keep being really tempted to like, I'm like, is this 10 inches yet? And Jessica's like, no, it's like three inches. And I'm like, but if I pull on it really hard, is it 10 inches? Mostly just because I like the, I like the texture. I love the nurtured so much. The sweater's taking me forever because every like six stitches, I like lay it out and admire it on my lap. I love the nurtured. <laughs> it's really nice. Yeah. It is super nice. <laughs> Julie, we love your yarn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we're going to be bringing in restocking more colors of the nurtured soon in the store. Oh yeah. Green Mountain Spinnery is busy working on more runs of nurtured and we're going to just jump all over it. So yeah. we're here for it. What about you? What do you, what's on your needles? Oh, so since we had like a week break from podcasting <laughs> and last time we talked, I had nothing on my needles. Oh, that's right. I know, right? I am knitting ripple butt shorts. Yay! And I love them. I really thought about the flutter butts and then I was like, I don't know. Am I a knit short person? I feel like the ripple butt shorts are more butt huggy and functional. And the <laughs> what? <laughs> and the flutter butt ones are kind of froofy, right? They're fluttery. I'm I'm not a huge ruffle person, but I might be, and I just might not know yet. So <laughs> I was like, I feel like the the ripple butt is my entree into the world of knit shorts, and I'm using the scratch exclusive colorway from Farmer's Daughter Fibers. They dyed this for us for Cast On Club. For our birthday month last September, it's called Blush and Bashful, and it's on the Moon Sisters base, which is a fingering weight merino that has gold Selena in it. It's like a dirty pink, and I love it so much. And the Ripple Butt Shorts are DK weight, so I'm holding it double, and it's super fun. It's adorable. So fun. Best waistband, like fun construction. I will tell you that I struggled with my provisional cast on. Um, <laughs> That's one way to describe it. Sure. I, I did. I So I never use crochet hooks for anything except for provisional cast on. And I didn't have a hook at home. So I tried a different technique one night while we were watching a weird show about competitive chasing of cheese in the UK. Oh, very fun. We, very weird. After we talk about this, we have to talk about that. Because, okay. Oh my goodness. That was the best series. It was anyway. so bizarre. And I loved it. So I was watching people like throw their bodies down a hill after a wheel of cheese and I definitely cast on too many stitches and just started knitting. And then I was like, <laughs> Karen, I think I cast on too many stitches. I'm just going to decrease. And then I knit a whole waistband and realized that I did not make holes for the drawstrings, which is a problem. So at that point I was like, forget it. I do have to rip this out and do it correctly. And since I've done that, I'm flying and I am probably two days away from splitting for my legs. What? Yeah. Split for the legs is a whole new... I've never even said that before. <laughs> it's so exciting. <laughs> it's fine. I'm excited thinking about cheese rolling. Chasing cheese? What the hell were they doing? Okay. So we have to talk about this series that we watched. It was on Netflix. Mm -hmm. It was called We Are the Champions. Yeah, it's so good. I think it's a year or two old. I don't think it just came out, but we just found it. Mm-hmm. It has like six 30-minute episodes in it. 
And it's about like niche competitions. And it's so like quirky and fun and weird and joyful. Yeah. I always kind of worry about like things that feel a little voyeuristic like that seeming snarky. It is not snarky. Um, it's hosted by Rain Wilson, who is Dwight on The Office. And he, it's like, the whole thing is like, he's like genuinely impressed by these people. Because they're impressive. Because they are genuinely impressive. The second episode is um, hot pepper eating contest, chili eating contest, not chili, hot pepper. Chili peppers, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not like chili like you made it in a crock pot. Like <laughs> how much chili can you eat would be a nightmare contest. And that episode featured one of my favorite things I've ever seen on television ever, which was a contestant who had left the competition, like like she had tapped out, aggressively eating a popsicle at the people who are still in the competition. And I was like, I love this woman. I love everything about this. It's head I, games. It's I do head not want to eat this many chilies. I would be very sad. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. Did you know that there's a secret competitive world of yo-yoing? I didn't even know what a real yo-yo looked like until I saw this. I knew about like vending machine poor quality. Where the like, string is attached. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like they're little and plastic and you drop them and they're broken forever and you can't make them work. That's the kind of yo-yo I was familiar with. This is wild. These people have skills. I have to say, I understood a lot more what was going on in the cheese chasing race contest than I did in the yo-yo contest. It all kind of just looked like they were doing neat things with yo-yos and periodically they would look upset. So I guess they did the wrong neat thing with the yo-yo. I don't know. Like the cheese chasing one, it was very clear. It was like, oh, that woman has gone the fastest. <laughs> <laughs> she fell. She somersaulted. Yeah. She got to the cheese first. <laughs> <laughs> we're not really sure what the cheese has to do with the race other than it's just the way of starting it off. Like they don't catch it. The cheese wins. I think you get to keep the cheese. Well, if you, you get win. to keep it, but it could it could just be go and the cheese is at the bottom. But no, the cheese goes on the race with you. <laughs> <laughs> what fun is that? <laughs> anyway, definitely check it out. It's good. I'm trying to think what the other ones were. There was a competitive like hairdo thing, which was really cool. That was fantastic. There was frog jumping, and I'm forgetting one. Oh, dog dancing! Oh my gosh, the Partner dog dancing. dancing with dogs. Yeah. We can't even talk about that one. It gave me anxiety. Yeah. Just go watch it. It's fun. Yeah. Okay. Where are we? What are we doing? Are you ready for oh. a letter? Yay. Yes, <laughs> I am ready. I had a break. I'm feeling re-energized for letters. Keeping kind of with your short knitting. Oh, this letter comes from Jen. Hi, Jen. I have recently decided that knit skirts are an underappreciated garment. Do you have any skirt patterns you could suggest and or tips to consider when daydreaming about knit skirts? And yes, I'm planning a year ahead for what I will be wearing in Scotland for your whiskey and wool tour. Therefore, think early April in Scotland when considering your suggestions. Oh my God, I love every part of this question. <laughs> So yes, I do have skirt recommendations. Yes, I love that you're planning a knit travel wardrobe. And yes, the thought of going to Scotland on our whiskey and wool tour next year is amazing. And oh, 2022, I, we are here for you. So to talk about the skirts, I think that there are lots of kind of a surprising number of knit skirt patterns out there. And it really depends on like what kind of shape 
just like with ready to wear stuff. Like I, I don't know what your preferred shape is, but I can recommend two different ones that are different shapes. Um, and then I encourage you to think about like what weight of yarn and kind of go do some filtering and pattern searching online. But there's a skirt pattern called Little Black Skirt, and the designer is Skandir Knits, and it's like a circle skirt. So you could have a little twirl, you know, fit it at the waist, kind of A-line thing. And it's knit with sport weight yarn, but I feel like if you wanted a heavier, warmer skirt, you could play with gauge and go up to DK weight. You wanted it to be springier, go with fingering, like just do your swatches. You know about swatching. Okay, so here is a, I think, a weakness in my pattern knowledge here. I don't really know what the appropriate range of sizes would be to consider a pattern size inclusive for waist measurements. Like I know what bust measurement ranges are, but waist measurements, I'm not so sure. And I feel like this is got some range, some patterns for skirts are like one size only, right? But this is graded up to a 48 inch waist, which is not the most inclusive, but it's a little bit of range there. Well, and I would think that a skirt, because you're not splitting for the legs, Mm -hmm. you could play with your gauge and you could, it would be easy to adjust for size if it doesn't have color work or something, you know, right? if it has color work, you're going to want to make sure you have the right multiples of things. But other than that, I I would think it could be adjusted. I think it would be easier than trying to grade out a sweater where you have like yoke length and sleeves, like lots of different shapes. Like this is a tube. Mm -hmm. So you could adjust or find a different pattern or write the pattern designer and say, hey, are you going to expand your sizing? There are lots of different options. The other skirt that I think is fun and would maybe be extra functional for travel is the Alaska skirt. And it's from Alexandria Weniger. And it's a tube skirt. So it's like a little, like like a tube top. It's a tube skirt for your butt. <laughs> So you could make it as long or as short as you wanted. Um, It could be something that you wear like a skirt with bare legs or, you know, like a little butt hugger to wear over your leggings. Like you have options. It's knit with worsted weight (laughs) yarn and it's two color brioche. So it's kind like if you have knit a two color brioche cowl, you can knit an Alaska skirt because it's like a cowl for your butt. Um, And this pattern is graded up to a 60 inch waist. And brioche is kind of stretchy, so I imagine that there's like a lot of range in what you can do with this skirt. So those are the first two I would recommend. And then I will also say there are a lot of dress patterns too. And admittedly, dress knitting is significantly more knitting than skirt knitting. (laughs) Like it's just a lot more knitting. It's also a complete outfit. You know, you don't have to match something like you're just good to go. Maybe you throw on a sweater or a long sleeve shirt underneath it. My knitting, my travel knitting project for the wool and whiskey tour that we're doing is the Lada dress from Marie Green that I'm knitting with the Wilder from Spin Cycle. And I am super excited about this thing. And hopefully in the coming month or two, I'll pick it back up and try and make some progress on it. But there are a lot of dress patterns out there if you want to play with that too. I would just like to point out that you have said butt hugger twice in this in this recording <laughs> in two different contexts and i i am gonna venture that that is a maybe not wide world of podcast first but definitely a make good first oh for sure <laughs> look i am i am here for lower half of your body knits too now <laughs> and not just socks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right so mm-hmm. yay jen i'm excited 
A, that you're coming with us, and B, that you have a plan for something cool and hand knit to wear while we are traipsing around Scotland, knitting and drinking whiskey. So can I just a little bit spoiler? Mm-hmm. When we go to Scotland, we are going to, assuming nothing changes from the original itinerary, mm-hmm. have, an oppor- have an opportunity to meet Di Gilpin. Oh, yeah. What did we just order to bring into the store? All of Di Gilpin's yarn. <laughs> and it's lamb's wool, and it's so nice. It's gorgeous. Yeah. We have it in two different weights. There's an Aran weight and a fingering weight. Maybe. Sport weight. Lightweight. I, I think it was sport weight. Sport yeah. weight. And the Aran weight palette is kind of tight. There are more colors in the sport weight, but they're both beautiful. They're so soft. And we can't wait to show it to you. Yeah. We don't have mm-hmm. it yet. It's not that we're keeping it secret. Yeah. Like we just ordered it. Like days ago, but also they're almost ready to send it to us. I have no no idea how long it'll take to get here, but as soon as we get it, yeah, we'll let you know. This is true. Mm-hmm. I think that's it for us this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can find us online wherever you find your audio podcasts. And if there's somewhere you like to find your audio podcasts that you can't find us, please let us know. Subscribe to the podcast so we're just automatically there in your podcast listening thing on Tuesday mornings. <laughs> um, what? It's true. That's how ty- it works. We are professionals. Your podcast listening thing. Yeah. Karen's more professional than I am. I don't know. In your podcast app. Right. Something. And rate us and review us. It'll help other knitters find us. And if you're not following us on Instagram, join us. It's where we do our knit-alongs. It's where we show you fun things that we're up to. It's where we'll be doing a live on Sunday at probably three o'clock, I think. Sure. We'll post something in our stories to let you know. We'll let you know. Anyways, our Instagram account is at makegoodpod and send us your letters. We love to hear from you. Send us pictures and questions and stories. You can do that by emailing us at dearscratch at scratchsupplyco.com. Thanks. We will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.